athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. I'm a savage. You're locked into the Dopey Show on radio. From the press box to press row, I am your host, Donald Ware. Hope you're continuing to stay safe where you are. I can see in various states that stronger measures are being implemented for social distancing. The numbers in terms of how bad it could be um, are, are, are they're bad. No question about it, but not as bad as first thought. So if we continue. Please remember to continue to social distance. It is very important. It is how we're going to be able to beat COVID-19. Listen, got a big show for you today. We got a little bit of something for everyone today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Joining us in this segment, as a matter of fact, in a couple of moments, Alabama State head baseball coach Jose Vasquez going to join us on the program. The National Football League draft less than a month away. Actually, maybe about, what, two and a half weeks away. And as we've done since 2006 here on From the Press Box to Press Row. As a matter of fact, we go all the way back. Our first draft hopefuls going back to Tavares Jackson, uh, Antoine Bethay. We're both on our show back in 2006 out of um, uh, Alabama State and Howard, respectively. And uh, so on today's From the Press Box to Press Row, you're going to hear from another NFL hopeful. Chris Rowland, the All-American, you, you can't even call him a wide receiver, like he's he's a slash type of guy. He can He's mainly a wide receiver, but he can run the football out of the backfield. He can also return kicks and punts as well. And he was, again, a boxer All-American. He was the OVC Player of the Year. He's going to join us today also here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Also joining us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row, the movie, The Clark Sisters, First Ladies of Gospel, going to premiere on Saturday on Lifetime. And one of the stars of the film, gospel singer Kiara Sheard. Kiara Sheard also going to join us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. As a matter of fact, she plays her mother, Karen Clark Sheard, in the film. Your participation here. On From the Press Box to Press Row, always love you to participate. Hit us up via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. Or, of course, you can hit me up on my personal Twitter account, at Dware1, at Dware1, or Instagram, at WhereDonald. Thank you to all of the great affiliates around the country that carry from the press box to press row. 
Those listening to us on Sirius XM channels 141 and 142 and those listening to us around the world at BoxToRow.com. Let's continue here on From the Press Box to Press Run. Of course, the last couple of weeks we've been talking uh, with coaches whose teams uh, either won regular season championships uh, or it was having phenomenal seasons, as a matter of fact. And that uh, talk continues here on the program. Uh, my next guest, no stranger to the program, Jose Vasquez, is the head baseball coach at Alabama State, uh, just completing his fourth season. Joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Coach Vasquez, first of all, welcome back to the program. How are you uh, and your family and those at Al- in the, in the Alabama State University community doing? Well, first of all, it's great to be back with you. I know you do an excellent job and and covering uh, not only HBCU baseball but you know everything that we that we do. So I, uh, you know, I thank you for that. Uh, to answer your question, uh, we're we're doing we're doing good. Um, taking all the and exercising all the measurements that the government continues to you know to put out there. Um, just trying to stay at home, at home as much as we can. Uh, going to the grocery store just to get the essentials, but everybody's doing good. You know, my wife is, uh, is an essential employee, so she, uh, she has to continue to work through all of this. So every morning before she goes out, you know, we, we pray as a family and, and, uh, I pray for, for her and, and her building, you know, to continue to stay safe. But, uh, you know, we're safe. Uh, I actually have, a uh, a Zoom uh, team meeting with my team on this, you know, today, and and we're just gonna make sure that things are going um, the proper way, and everybody's taking care of all their academics and things like that, and just basically, uh, you know, continue to check on them and make sure that everybody and their families are are doing good. No, but very, things are good, you know. Good. No, very glad to hear that. I mean, that's the interesting thing about this, Coach Vasquez, because it's obviously something like. Uh, we've ever ever seen but the thing about it right now you'd be playing baseball games you you were 14 and 4 before the season ended we'll talk more about that so what you know what are some of the processes with respect to the NCAA in terms of are you allowed to now uh, recruit Uh, what what are those kind of things look like in terms of preparing for 2021 well everything actually has uh, has come to a stop you know we we're not allowed to go out and recruit uh, we're not allowed to to do really anything that has to that's related to to baseball. You know, we're the only thing we're allowed to do is just to continue to communicate with our student athletes and making you know make sure that they are uh, once again continue to to take care of uh, the classroom work and you know checking on them, making sure that their families are doing okay, that they're uh, I know they're they're young and obviously want to want to get out there, but we need to be part of uh, uh, the entire process of trying to get rid of this virus and and I've been communicating with them making sure that they are uh you know being proactive when it comes to everything that we're that we're doing staying at home you know washing your hands when you go out and and uh this young generation you know one thing that I can tell you I have a a great group a uh, group of guys that uh represented ASU to the best of their abilities and, and we're very proud of, of what we're doing and uh, the great uh, an excellent group of young men so that's really all we can do we can we can recruit you know it's basically uh they have uh continued to extend the, the debt period and we we can get get out and recruit and watch any baseball there's really no baseball going on right now 
at any level, you know, high school or uh, any, obviously everything is shut down, but that's really all we can do right now. Just just pray and continue to, to stay positive and hopefully we can uh, get over this as a, as a nation. Absolutely. Jose Vasquez is the head baseball coach at Alabama State in his fourth season. Joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. So you start the season out 3-0, and ultimately 6-1, and and finish the shortened season 14-4, and named Black College Nines uh, baseball uh, champions, obviously. But how – I mean, there's nothing you can really do about what happened. The I mean, this is a serious matter, everything rightfully sh- uh, so – uh, has been shut down, but but how disappointing was it knowing that you know you guys have won some big series, you won series, you swept Oakland, you, you did a lot of great things. H- how disappointing was it um, to know that the season had to be shut down uh, with the way you started the season and of course ended at fourteen and four. Well, I, th- I think initially, you know, and I can take you step by step. Initially, when when things are starting to come out and all the reports about how serious uh, things are, and when we get the news that the season is going to be, uh, you know, put on hold for a second, and then we get the news again about the season ending and and basically everybody going on a shutdown. Uh, at the beginning, a little disappointed because you know you got uh, on a on a personal level as far as our team. You know, we have things going, playing good baseball, being being at that time very selfish. You kind of like, uh, you know, feel a little sorry for yourself. But uh, you turn around quick and, and, and understand how severe the situation is and understand how small baseball is with everything that we have in our lives. And I understood it right away. It just t- it was very tough to to have the conversation, you know, with the team because everything happens so, so quick. You know, here we are, for example, for us, we're preparing to have a, se- a home series against Alcorn State. Uh, that's, this is on a Thursday after we played uh, Valparaiso on Wednesday. We, we got the win in that game. We're about to practice on Thursday. I'm getting phone calls from uh, director of umpires from the SWAC, and I'm getting, you know, communicating with Brett Richardson, the head coach at uh, Alcorn State, and He's about to leave, you know, to come over here and things like that. And everything, all of a sudden, I'm getting a bunch of phone calls. Everything gets canceled. And we go from, you know, we're canceling the series to let's just uh, suspend the season until, you don't know, at that point, uh, I think it was 15 to basically three weeks. And then all of a sudden to to have the conversation and let my team know really that the season was going to be canceled or is going to, you know, or, or get got canceled through really a text message. So, I mean, it, it, everything happened really quick. Uh, just to when I was able to talk to my team uh, personally that, that Thursday prior to that series that we were supposed to have, you could see the disappointment. You could see how many questions they had that I really couldn't answer. Uh, but I just wanted to, at that point, let them know that, that you know, that this is bigger than baseball, that this is bigger than than uh, everything that we had going on. And obviously we were playing good baseball. Um, and, you know, we you hate to, to kind of uh, go away from maybe uh, the good things that you got going as far as the sport. But I wanted to make them understand that, that this was our, about our families, about keeping everybody safe, about the well-being of our country and, and our nation. And, and one thing that I can tell you, they took it, you know, a very mature group, Disappointed, but they took it 
they took it really good and we talked about it and and I think the attitude, even though in the midst of, of being a little disappointed, was uh, was a positive one to make sure that we look at the big picture, which was is one again, once again, make sure that everybody's safe and and uh, and take care of our families. Jose Vasquez is the head baseball coach at Alabama State. Joins us here on the program. This question, Coach Vasquez, a two or three uh, part question. So, I mean, for you, it's. You know, it's interesting. You've played in the SWAC or had played in the SWAC championship game the last couple of years, having an outstanding season, unfortunately not winning the the SWAC championship game itself, although that's happened to a bunch of teams, and it just really, to me, shows the parity of the SWAC. Can you speak to that in terms of how tough the SWAC is and then how tough it is to play in the SWAC tournament? And also, do you believe with the way that you started the season this could have been the year to that you would have won the SWAC tournament championship. Well, to answer the first part of the question, the, the conference and every coach in the conference has done an outstanding job, and it's going to continue to do a a, a, a very good job. Every coach uh, is getting the support. The majority of the coaches in the conference are getting the support from the administration. Ever since I came in, in the conference in 2012. I have seen how every year some teams have gotten better, uh, and then over the last four or five years, I've seen really how every team has gotten better. So I mean, uh, the, there's a balance uh, from one through through ten um, as far as the competition that we have. You know, we uh, it, it's something good to see. It's, it's something good to be part of that. That as a conference, you know, we're investing in baseball and we want to see our sport. Uh, continue to to be competitive not only with each other but outside of the conference. Um, obviously, when we get to the tournament, we had the the we were we've been fortunate to play out of the last three years in two championship games, uh, and we we you know we didn't win the championship game. We have a um, in my opinion, it's a it's a little um, crazy setup as far as that your double elimination you know tournament bracket and then. The championship game is a is a winner take all game, and you know baseball is a is a strange game, is a crazy game, it's a very hard game, and when you play anybody in in a in a one game setting, uh, anything can happen. And unfortunately, it hasn't gone our way uh, in those championship games, and we have lost. Uh, to answer the second part of your question, you know we're playing good baseball uh, this year, and I was just trying to to keep everybody. Uh, humble, try to keep everybody pushing towards that goal. The goal it is is to to make the you know the goal is to we split different goals that we have. You know we want to win the division. Obviously that gives us a pay, a chance to play in the conference tournament, and we wanna we want to be able to to win the conference tournament so we can play at a you know in a regional. But it's just tough. You know it's tough to once again uh, winner uh, take all game. It's tough. It's a it's a very uh, balanced uh, conference when it comes to 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 players, you know. And even though you play good baseball, you can win 35, maybe 40 games. But at the end of the, at the end of the day, it comes down to if you're able to make it to that championship game, it comes down to just one game. And we've seen how, how you know this game. Not uh, the favorite team or the team that apparently has the most talent not always wins. And and, uh, in a one-game setting, anything can happen. And, you know, uh, I like the chances of our club 
to to accomplish certain goals this year and and we were once again we had a we were able to put a, a good group together and they understood what the goals were we were playing consistent baseball we played some some good teams that really didn't have great records but we played some good teams that came down here you know like we play Oakland, Valpo, uh, Toledo, uh, along with the other teams that we play. We started conference play uh, against Mississippi Valley, which it was a tough series. It's always it always is at their their place. Um, so we we had a good thing going. I don't know if we would if we were going to win. Obviously, God knows that. But as far as the talent and the team that we had to to maybe get an opportunity to get to that championship game. Yeah, I felt pretty good about that. Jose Vasquez in his fourth season as the head baseball coach at Alabama State joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row, the Hornets named Black College Nine champions. And Coach Vasquez, we really appreciate the time. Thank you for doing this. Uh, Continued success to you and the Hornets and also continue to be safe to you and the Alabama State University community. Oh, thank you, and I thank you once again for having me uh, in the show and and uh, for what you do for for uh, Black College Baseball. It's, it's amazing. We appreciate it. Uh, it doesn't go unnoticed, and, and uh, anytime that you need me, I'm available. You know that. Much appreciated, Coach Vasquez, and thank you for the kind words. National Football League draft hopeful Chris Rowland is up next. Dish TV is better than cable TV. Here's why. Dish has the nation's lowest TV price, along with an award-winning DVR that can skip commercials, record eight shows at once, and get access to thousands of movies at your fingertips. Cable simply can't even compare. So the smart choice is to cut the cable and get Dish. Plus, you get all these great TV features, free HD DVR upgrade, free installation, and free movie channels. Say goodbye to cable and get more with Dish TV. Call 800-579-0107. 800-579-0107. As an added bonus, you can switch to Dish now and receive a $50 Visa gift card. So call now and get Dish TV. 800-579-0107. 800-579-0107. That's 800-579-0107. Limited time offer, 24-month commitment, and credit qualification required. Cancellation fee, monthly equipment fees, and other restrictions apply. Promotion can change at any time. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. Still to come here on From the Press Box to Press Row, going to be joined by gospel singer Kiara Sheard, plays the role of her mother Karen Clark Sheard in the film the Clark Sisters, First Ladies of Gospel. The National Football League draft taking place April 23rd through 25th. It's going to happen virtually. And one of the young men hoping to hear his name called was a box to row All-American in 2019. Check out the numbers. 104 receptions, 1,437 yards, averaged 13.8 yards per reception, eight touchdowns. He also got it done in the return game, returning a punt and a kickoff for a touchdown on the season for Tennessee State. Also got it done in the rushing department as well. He's from Nashville, Tennessee. He's Chris Rowland, and he joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Chris, welcome to the program. How you doing? Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. 
you for you, and, and it's interesting because you play uh, college football in your hometown, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But how are you and your family doing uh, in light of this COVID nineteen? Uh, we're doing good, man. Just uh, like I said earlier, I'm just trying to prevent the spread of the coronavirus, and um, just still trying to find a way to stay active uh, as much as I can and stay in shape with everything that's going on and but my family's good you know everybody's healthy thank god you know for that and, you know just trying to get by as much as we can yeah how are you able to do that because i know obviously you're preparing for the upcoming draft the numbers are absolutely gaudy as we talked about as a matter of fact you become the ninth tennessee state tiger in history to win ovc player of the year so what are some of the things that you're able to do to continue to prepare physically for the national football league draft uh, just continue to work hard. <clears throat> That's always my number one goal, continue to work hard and continue to push myself uh, through the summer. You know, um, one thing I did differently this past uh, year was I focused more on, you know, my routes instead of strength this this past uh, year, just, you know, getting in and out of cuts as opposed to, you know, just being in the weight room all summer. Um, but that's one thing I took pride in and just focusing more on my craft because I thought uh, going to that level, you're going to need to work totally more on your craft, you know, because everybody's going to be fast and strong in the National Football League. But, you know, the guys that stick around are guys that are craftsmen and that are smart as well. So that's one thing that uh, I plan on doing uh, more of as uh, the season comes up. Interesting, because on your Twitter page, like you have pinned a little bit of a video and man, I tell you what, you talk about some of the moves, you, the route running, some of the moves you had. I mean, speak to that and really how you worked on that. And that was very evident on the tape, at least that I saw. Um, just uh, just working on it in and out of routes. Like I said earlier, um, I trained with you know Riley Howard and the Elite Three Foundation. There's a training group down here in Nashville. He's done a very good job of getting me um, ready for the season uh, these past two years. And, you know, he solely likes to focus um, more on craftsmen. We're, you know, trying to make every route look different than the one before. You know, even if it's a go route, I'm trying to make every route look like it's a go route. That's one thing that I've been taught. And just focusing on that, you know, I'm just spending hours and hours, you know, on just head fakes. And, you know, little the little things matter when it comes to route running because you got to be a craftsman. You know, everybody's good. You know, DBs are getting really, really good uh, these days, and you got to find a way to separate yourself. And I feel like, you know, focusing solely more on, you know, that part of the game, you know, fakes in and out of cuts, that's what's going to get you there and keep you there. Chris Rowland, hoping to hear his name called in an upcoming National Football League draft. Of course, he's from Nashville, played at Tennessee State, joins us here. I'm from the press box to press forward. Now, you did go to some postseason prior to all of the coronavirus situation. You went to some, you know, some postseason bowl games and such, correct? Yes, I, I played in the NFLPA Bowl. The, the, was it, the, it was in Pasadena, California. Right. It was one of the senior bowls. And, you know, it was a pretty good experience to play in that. Yeah, talk about that, what you gained from that, uh, not only in the game, but all uh, the game itself, but all of the lead up to that, whether it was the combine like situation, et cetera. Uh, it was good to play in that. You know, I got to see guys from every uh, branch of college football, you know, whether it was D2 or um, guys that play, you know, FBS ball. Uh, one of the things that, uh, you know, ended my mind was. And people are asking questions, can he play, can I play at this level, 
you know, with these guys at FBS ball, because, you know, FCS, they try to make a difference. But at the end of the day, man, I see it as just, you know, just playing football, just play fast, and then you're going to be fine. And, you know, as soon as that first snap, you know, that first one-on-one click, you know what I'm saying, it, at that point it's just instinct, you know, just play fast. And it was a good experience, you know, playing with guys that uh, that come from all uh, life's walks and stuff. And just being around that atmosphere, you know, being around coaches and Hall of Famers, you know, guys like Kevin McWiles, our offensive coordinator, you know, me and him had a real uh, good bond. You know, he's a good dude. And our receiver coach, Santana Moss, you know, is another guy that, you know, I kind of looked up to growing up. And, you know, he, we kind of, you know, kicked it a little too. You know, had um, a bunch of conversations about life, you know, everything and how the process is going to go. And um, I couldn't be more grateful for that experience. You know, just uh, guys that are that have been, you know, along the walks and been through the NFL and stuff like that. And Rob Woodson was also there, you know, he's our defensive coordinator, and just listening to the wisdom of those guys grant, you know, to young players, you know, you can't take it for granted. And so it was just a real humbling experience. Yeah, no no question about it. Sounds like an outstanding experience for you. I mean, I mentioned the numbers, gaudy numbers. I think the only thing you did not do this year, Chris, is throw a touchdown pass. You actually on – before I even get to that, what what happened? You were <laughs> 0 for 1, and it was an interception. What, what happened there, Chris? <laughs> there was – it was a – Fake field goal, and it was against MTSU, and we didn't, we had not practiced it that much, but you know, it was FBS game, you know, we were willing to try anything. So, our coach was like, man, let's just try it, see what happens. So, we ran the play, and uh, the guy that, uh, the long snapper, when he snaps it to me, he's supposed to release up the middle and go to the back of the end zone. Well, you know, right as he, <laughs> you know, he snapped the ball, he ran and turned around at the goal line, but I was getting pressured, so I threw it on a timing route thinking he was going to go to the back of the goal line. You know, the safety was there. And our, my, I like to mention our long snapper was six, six. So I, you know, I figured a jump ball, you know, I could get him on a jump ball, but he had, you know, ran and turned around. And by the time he had turned around, the ball was in there. That safety had sat there and caught him. In. So man, so that was my one pass attempt on the season. So. <laughs> oh, hey, look, you can't get him. I mean, the, the numbers are absolutely gaudy. I mentioned them. 104 catches, 1,437 yards, Eight touchdowns again, a rushing touchdown, uh, obviously eight receiving touchdowns, a punt return for a touchdown and a kick return for a touchdown. I'm, I'm sure there's nobody in the country that did all of that. That said, were you disappointed not to have been invited to the National Football League Combine? Uh, yeah, you know, absolutely. You know, it's everybody's dream to go to the NFL Combine, you know, and I felt like that I had um put up the numbers and showed up at uh senior bowl stuff like that you know i had one uh you know uh practice player of the week or player of the week something like that throughout the practices and you know i felt like i put myself in good position to be invited to that senior bowl um and i ended up starting in the nflpa bowl you know some of the guys that uh did not start or you know were behind me but they played at bigger schools um, ended up getting invited. So, you know, it kind of stung a little, you know, it's kind of like, you know, like a slap in the face, um, just being overlooked. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I get it, you know, you know, you got, you know, you got Poindexter's up, you know, um, all doing the, uh, I guess, uh, voting and all that. So, yeah, <laughs> and it's all politics. So, you know, uh, so I wasn't, you know, too surprised, but I was just like, okay, I see what's going on, you know, so I'm not too worried. Yeah. And I'm but sure it was, it was insulting though. So, yeah. Yeah, no, no, no question. The numbers are great. Uh, one of the best players in FCS. I mean, y- y- you know, it's it's you you mentioned it in the beginning in terms of uh, playing 
uh, uh, FCS, sometimes you get overlooked. I'm sure you will use that as motivation. Another thing, it's interesting you mentioned Santana Moss because Santana Moss, blazing speed. Um, you know, he, he like you, you're, you're, you're on the shorter side uh, like he was. So can you speak to that? I mean, how how have scouts uh, approached you about that? What have you heard about that? And obviously, as we know, you know, it's not about the size. It's about the heart you have and what you're able to do on the field. Right. And, you know, I've, um, I've heard many things when it comes to my height. You know, um, it's many things when it comes to that I, I can't help. You know, I can't help my height. Um, I can't help my catch radius. But, you know, I make up for – my production makes up for more than the size. Um, when it comes to – if you look at the game film, uh, it says, you know, height or catch radius. But, you know, all I can do is try to make up that within big play production. So that's pretty much all I have on that. <laughs> yeah, no question about it. Chris Rowland, of course, of Tennessee State, box to roll All-American, hoping to hear his name in the National Football League draft, joins us here on the program so uh you know what what your thoughts i mean obviously we're it, it is what it is in terms of where we are now everything is different um it's going to be a virtual uh national football league draft just kind of your thoughts on that and just you know sort of take us through uh this process here over the last i don't know month uh, 45 days since we've been involved in this and how that's sort of gone for you that you can't really, you know, uh, you can work out, but you can't work out amongst a bunch of people. Um, It's been tough, you know, but, you know, not discouraging. You know, I haven't been discouraged at all. You know, I do want to work out in front of teams, but at this point, you know, it's actually going to go off with game film. And, you know, I'm pretty confident in my game film, game tape and stuff like that. And when that time comes, you know, I hope to make the right decision. But, you know, it's cool, though, with the whole um, virtual draft thing. You know, I wish, you know, it could have found a, a way to, you know, have people, you know, the guys that are going to get drafted to go there because, you know, those guys that deserve it, they get drafted, deserve to walk on stage, you know, all the hard work they put in their whole life. You know, and they don't get to walk on stage this year. But it's still pretty cool, you know, having a virtual, you know, walk, you know, those guys, whoever, you know, go in the first, you know, three to four, uh, one to four rounds, you know, um, pretty awesome but uh at the same time you know you got to take precautions so i understand that and these last 45 days you know they they you know they've been up and down um like i said I'm, i've been working out in and out of a garage you know my trainers put together you know a couple weights from you know local high school so that's where i've been but there's always many ways to find work, man. You just got to find it, whether it's hand-eye coordination with the tennis ball. You can't go out to the field, man. You can always get passes, catch balls, you know, in the house. Anyway, man, like, people just – you just got to be willing to work. That's how I feel about it with this whole situation. And you just got to find it, you know. That's one thing my offensive coordinator always told me, man. You know, the grind, you know, you embrace the grind, man. You just got to find it because I see this, you know, as – you know, just potholes, embrace the potholes, because in each pothole there's a spring that's going to be able to spring you forward for these tough times. And so I feel like, you know, these tough times, you know, they're going to help you get built to last. So I'm just embracing this moment and just taking it slow. Yeah, a couple of more last thoughts, Chris. We appreciate the time. Tell us how you ended up at the hometown school, Tennessee State, you being from right there in Nashville. Uh you know, I have a rich family history at Tennessee State. Uh, <laughs> you know, my grandparents went to Tennessee State. Oh, my mom and dad, they both did. Um, my mother went to Tennessee State. 
So it was it was kind of a no brainer when they offered me. You know, I kind of I kind of figured you know I was going to end up going to Tennessee State. <laughs> you know, I'd already had been around my whole life. I never thought I would have, you know, growing up. But once it got around that time, I was like you know maybe this is not a bad idea. You know, just to go and stay home and go here. So um, pretty for the decision I made, and I'm just glad I was able to attend a great university like Tennessee State. So. What are you running the 40 in these days? Uh, during pre-training, we were early on. I was uh, running mid 4-3, uh, sub 4-4. So that was where I was getting timed at. Wow. <laughs> wow, man. So. That's blazing. Like, that is that – is, and, and, you know that, and, and and I mean that's just that's really really blazing. What have you been able to talk to any teams? What are some of the teams saying to you? Uh, just you know, keep working hard. Um, they're gonna start evaluating game tape a lot harder now. You know, um, scouts are <laughs> really uh, gonna make their money this year based off um, not being able to go and see you in person. So whatever you know NFL teams have on you with the game film and scouts that doesn't got to see you in person they just got to go off and rely on that source that they have so yeah no question about it Chris Rowland joins us here on from the press box to press row of course a box to row all American he was the OBC player of the year over 1400 yards receiving 104 receptions on the season led FCS 13.8 yards per reception also a rushing touchdown a kick return for a touchdown a punt return for a touchdown and caught eight touchdown passes as well chris we appreciate the time man we look forward uh, and hoping to hear your name called in the national football league draft thanks for having me man we're going to switch things up on the other side here on from the press box to press row going to be joined by singer kiara sheard The Clark Sisters, First Ladies of Gospel, premiere Saturday, 8 p.m., 7 Central on Lifetime. And one of the stars of the show, I mean, when when you knew that this documentary, or, or this, uh, I shouldn't say documentary, but when this uh, movie was coming out, uh, which is based on the Clark Sisters, you knew this young lady was going to be part of the project. One of the stars, a gospel sensation businesswoman. Uh, she does it all. She is Kiara Sheard. She joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Kiara, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Absolutely glad to have you. I, I want to start here. How, how are you in, in the midst of COVID-19 and all that is going on? How are you and your family faring right now? Um, you know, we're hanging in there. Uh, my grandparents actually are affected by the virus. They're in the hospital. Wow. Um, but we're believing God. We're praying. We've had some other family and friends who have passed away from it. Um, but we're we're just dependent on our faith and praying and asking the Lord to see us through this. Um, but we're hanging in there. We've just been doing a lot of prayer, prayer call after prayer call after prayer call. But all is well. Absolutely. We will pray for you as well. How, how are your grandparents uh, doing currently? They're doing good. They're making progress. They could be better. Um, but they, they, like I said, they've made progress. And I'm just trusting God. I, I'm, I'm trying to be careful with the words that I speak. Um, so I'm just speaking life their way, if you know what I mean. I do. And we will we will pray for uh, for your family and your grandparents as well. Um 
So, yes, absolutely. The Clark sisters, first ladies of gospel. Uh, talk to me uh, about it. A lot of promotion has been done behind this. And I think the thing for me, I, I, I knew of the Clark sisters, but, you know, in doing the research, I mean, th- like the Clark sisters should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like when you look at all of the great work uh, that the Clark sisters have done, talk to me about actually uh, this particular movie. And of course, we'll talk more about your specific role. Uh, so the movie is really special, and it's telling the story of the Clark sisters, like you said. It's showing the strength of my grandmother, where it all started, Dr. Maddie Moss Clark, and um, just seeing what they went through, you know, to be trailblazers. A lot of times we think that gospel artists or just artists, period, people who are pioneering individuals in history of whichever field that we're in, sometimes we think that it's, it's easy because of they of how well they carried the weight. Um, but you see all of the juicy stuff. Like, there's dysfunction in every family. There's no family that's perfect, and we see that with the Clark sisters. We see my grandmother going through her opposition, you know, with her husband, with the the church, and then her children. And uh, you see just so much. I can't wait for you all to see the drama that these ladies have gone through, but they're, they still look good. It looks like they're getting younger as the days go by. <laughs> yes, no question. Because they, there's an album. Like, they have an album out or one getting ready to come out, uh, right, for this year, right? Yes, actually, it is, it is one. It's a record right now by the Clark Sisters. There, it's out right now, yeah. literally right now, right now. <laughs> um, it's really good, and they've done some really cool collaborations with People like Jermaine Dupree, Rodney Jerkins, uh, my brother J. Drew Sheard, and there are a few others that I don't know the name. I don't remember their names. Uh, Snoop Dogg is there, but it's a really great body of work. Yeah, no question. I think one of one of the more powerful scenes. I hadn't had a chance to to see. It. I'll, I'll see the premiere or the premiere of it on Lifetime on Saturday. But the the scene with Twinkie and uh, selling the, what the masters, I guess, are the the, the songs for yeah. the that was at, that. That was really a powerful moment uh, in yes. this film. Yes, it really was. And it's funny you brought that up because I, for the first time when I watched it with my mom, she was like, he really did your acting. Like, I felt I felt chills when you said what you said or how you <laughs> responded. And I said, well, my at that point, I really wasn't acting. Y'all didn't tell me this part about Auntie Twinkie, so that was my honest reaction. <laughs> So it was really cool to hear the feedback from my family, um, you know, and and like I said, I'm I'm feeling the same way and was kind of surprised and shocked as well. Music, gospel star Kiara Shear joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Of course, check out the Clark Sisters First Ladies of Gospel, which airs 8 p.m. 7 Central this Saturday uh, on Lifetime. I mean, it was there was no question that you were going to play the role of Karen Clark Sheard, no? Yes, it was a question because I I had to audition. There were what? others that were in the running too. Yeah. What? And <laughs> yes, um, but you know what? I was grateful that that pressure was put on me um, and that they challenged me to say, "Hey, we're not just handing this to you. You have to work for it. Um, just because your family is, you know, this is their film. It doesn't. You got to go for it." And so. 
I didn't take it lightly. I didn't take it for granted. Uh, though it was for the general public and um, a blessing to be a part of my career, I took it personal because this was a way for me to honor my mom, and not everyone gets that opportunity. So I definitely can say um, I did have to work for it. I went to L.A. and I auditioned for it, and I didn't just do one take. I had to do two takes. So it was really special. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I think, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I'm, I'm thinking – it, it would seem like it wouldn't be terribly difficult uh, having grown up with her. But then again, I mean, it, pro- it probably was because you mentioned sort of the pressure of that and trying to nail that and to be able to get the part of your mother in this film. Absolutely. And you know what? Some people do think it was, I actually, to be honest, I thought it would be easy. Um, but it wasn't as easy because my mother and I, we are so much alike. But we are also very different. I am more like my father when it comes to just being bold and going out. My mom has this shy side to her, and she's a little bit more reserved than I am and gracious. And that was something that I had to learn, which I think all the way around, just me having to drop into my mom, my mom's characteristics or in this role of my mom, uh, she's prepared me to be a better woman all the way around when it's time for me to be a wife and a mother, and a sister that just sits back and knows how to pray. She's like a quiet storm. So I'm really excited that I've had this opportunity. And and like I said, it wasn't as easy as I thought. Yeah, no question. How much The Preacher's Kid, The Preacher's Kid, and then, of course, the the reality TV show uh, that you all did, how much did those, you know, experiences prepare you for this, uh, for being back in acting, I, I should say? It prepared me greatly, actually, um, and I had to remember and encourage myself, like, you got this, you can do it, you've done it before. And speaking of Preacher's Kid and the reality TV, of course, just knowing that it's not going to just happen in one take, knowing that it's going to take some work and you got to push forward. Uh, t- television, it looks simple, and we think about it, and it's only in, like, the 30 minutes or an hour, but you will have filmed something for the full 24 hours, it feels like. <laughs> um, so that reminded me and impressed me for the the load of work, uh, and not just that, but the acting part of it, having to go in and out of those emotions. It's like you never wanted to stop rolling, but for them to get good takes and for them to switch to set up, that was just really, um, I was prepared for that. Uh, but I do know that this movie was a completely different role because this was a lead role for me, whereas the others I've been kind of like a co-star or a B-list star or whatever. So this is really big. Um, I was prepared, but it was a new level of what I have experienced for. No doubt about it. Kiara Sheer joins us here on the program. Again, uh, you can check her out this Saturday, 8 p.m., 7 p.m. Central on Lifetime, uh, as, of course, she plays the role of Karen Clark Sheard in the Clark Sisters First Ladies of Gospel. Uh, let, let me take you back a little bit. What did it mean to be on your mother's uh, solo debut album, Finally Karen? Oh, my gosh. It meant a lot. That was like the setup for my career. I was only nine years old, and from that moment on, I have just been working, and uh, that was my mom and my father being such incredible parents where they found the gift in their child and they cultivated it, and that helped me to not have to figure out 
so much along the way. You know, it was like, here, you got a gift. This is a part of your purpose. You can figure out the rest, but we're going to start here. So that was literally my starting point. And um, I guess I, I, I won't, it won't ever get away from me. I'll always remember it because my fans and my supporters, they have followed me along on the journey, and we've actually grown up together. So we've started at nine years old from listening to each other, you know, as far as the music, and then now we're getting older and we're younger adults, and, and, it, and it's like all, it's, it's so special because when I do my concerts, it's like we, we can go down memory lane. Uh, so it's been really dope, but it means a lot to me. And like I said, it was just set up for my career and to this point now. No question about it. Ultimately led to that debut album, I O.U. Um, and, and the song You Don't Know. But then ultimately, what did it mean that that album Free was the first album on your family's label, Karoo Records? That had to mean a lot to you. Absolutely. It, it meant a lot. Um, this is so dope and I'm so excited about how the Lord is moving. I'm so glad to to see the partnerships that Carew has. My brother and I be on the company. My brother is working his. Uh, I have to be careful with my words, but he is working <laughs> his back off. <laughs> um, but he's really doing an incredible job. Uh, he's closed the deal with Motown for the sisters. The partnership with Carew and Motown, and then we did our partnership with RCA uh, and Carew. And so Carew is just doing their thing. And like like you said. It feels really good for it to be a part of our family-owned company. Yeah, no, no question about it. I mean, I think, obviously, you're the singer he produces. Do you all feel um, like, hey, we need to be able to carry on this legacy of the superstar, the Clark Sisters? Absolutely. I think anybody, you know, of course, I would want to be true and authentic to myself. And um, I, I don't want to, to ever feel like I'm having to be someone else. Um, because I won't be. However, I will always appreciate the legacy uh, that my family has built, and I'm hoping to continue it so that they feel proud. And, and I'm so glad for them because they've been so supportive and, and have always encouraged us to be yourselves. Don't redo what we've done. Just do it for your age and make sure you're spreading the gospel, the, the message of hope and faith. And make sure you're staying authentic and true to yourself. Because, you know, there's a difference, obviously, with the generations. There are some things that the new generation will do that the old generation would not do. And so I have just been really honored to be a part of the legacy because I'm proud to say that what they produce is timeless. So I'm hoping to do that same thing and to be fresh and to, to still have that anointing. And I literally have seen with my family that only what you do for Christ will last. And so I'm hoping that I just stay authentic, keep God first. I will keep him first. And to also be creative, as creative as they were, or to do it better. Very well said. A couple of last thoughts. Kiara, we appreciate the time. Growing up, did you realize how big a deal the Clark sisters were? Um, I will say I had to get a little older. When I was like 9 to maybe 13, 14, maybe even 15, I really didn't know how big or great of a legacy I was a part of. Um, the Clark sisters, though, I mean, I, I've seen it from, I want to say junior or, what is, oh yeah, junior then senior. So junior high school year up until now. And every day I'm realizing it. I've always been fans of my family, though. But, you know, when you're right there, 
you don't really appreciate it. And then when I learned that, oh, so you like other genres of music? The the favorite singers that you have in the other genres of music, like, know the Clark sisters. <laughs> and it's like, oh, so my favorite singer is my, I mean, my favorite singer, favorite singer is my mom and my aunties. And it's like, yeah, that's how it is. So that's when I started being, like, blown away. But absolutely, yeah, I um I did realize it. You know, once I get older and, and my level of respect for them, because now as I'm I'm an older one, I'm grown, I'm able to see that my mom and my aunt, it's not just the, the art to them. It's not just the artistry to them. They are just absolutely dynamic women overall. Like they live what they think about, you know, so that inspires me even more. Absolutely. The new album. Can you talk a little bit about that? The new album. Yes, absolutely. I'm so excited. Um, I have Tasha Cobb, Todd Delaney, Leandria Johnson, Sir the Baptist. I mean, I went all out, and I'm so excited about this project. My brother did the production with me, Jay Drew Sheard. Harmony Samuels also produced with me. And um, it's just really dope. It's a um, self-titled project, and I have never written in all of the songs on any of my other projects, but on this one, it's all me. And so, I'm, of course, I have co-writers as well. So I'm really excited about this project. It's super special, and it's similar to my mom's Finally Karen. So it's studio and live. Absolutely. <laughs> and then last thought, uh, being from Detroit, you big sports fan, the Red Wings, the Lions, Tigers, uh, Pistons? Pistons, for sure. Absolutely. I love yelling out, Detroit <laughs> basketball. So, yes, I love that. Basketball is my favorite sport. Absolutely. Kara Sheard joining us here on From the Press Box to Press Row, the Clark Sisters, First Ladies of Gospel. You can watch it Saturday, 8 p.m. 7 Central on Lifetime. Kara, really appreciate the time. Continued success in all you do. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your support as well. Kiara Shear joining us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Again, check out the Clark Sisters, First Ladies of Gospel, Saturday 8, 7 Central on Lifetime. You know, last week we were talking about the impact that COVID-19 would have uh, or could have on HBCU athletic budgets and more specifically at the D1 level. I had another AD that I reached out to say that it would uh, perhaps cut uh, this particular school's budget by 12 to 14 percent uh, in that range when netted against costs avoided. Enrollment is a much bigger driver uh, from a budget perspective, considering student fees are more than 50 percent of, of the budget. And that's one of the deals uh, when you look at particularly smaller schools, a lot of the student fees are huge when it comes to to athletics so we're looking again we talked about the usa today article where some of the bigger schools fbs schools would have a could have as much as a 20 percent uh, uh revenue dip perhaps 30 percent in some instances and so it really just it really just varies uh depending upon uh the school and that type of thing but but i tell you what if there's if 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 some money games are lost this year for the smaller schools, HBCUs more specifically, I mean, that's going to affect budgets tremendously because a lot of that money or those money games fund not only football, but and I'm talking about football specifically, but also fund the athletics programs at 
the various universities. So we definitely want to keep our eye on this, no doubt. My time is about up. I thank you for yours. Thank you to Jose Vasquez, the head baseball coach at Alabama State, for joining us on the program. To Tennessee State, now former Tennessee State wide receiver slash Chris Rowland, hoping to hear his name called in the National Football League draft in a couple of weeks, as well as gospel singer Kiara Sheard for joining us today here on the program. Tell you what, if you've missed if you missed any part of this show, this show should be up by Monday on our website at BoxToRow.com. Also, I mentioned all of the ways that you can follow BoxToRow on social media via Instagram, Twitter at B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, on Facebook at B-O-X, the number two R-O-W, but also on our YouTube page at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, building that up. Going to have a lot of the great interviews that we've had over the years here on From the Press Box to Press Row on our YouTube page. Again, you, know, you can go to our YouTube page and go to Box to Row. Have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Easter. Enjoy time with your family. I know we're, you know, this coronavirus and this uh, uh, this situation is really, don't allow for it to put um, not just a damper, but, um, the your relationship uh, with Christ. Don't allow for it to put a damper on that. A lot of churches are doing uh, a lot of the ministries online, so uh, hopefully you'll be able to do that. And then, of course, enjoy some time with your family this Easter. And always remember to support those that support Yo, from the press box to press row is presented by DW Communications. Mm-hmm. When love.